Welcome into Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And we've taken a bit of a break from the show, which now means we have plenty to Lots. talk about here. Mm -hmm. So much going on, and, and that's not always a guarantee this time of year. But for this Bucks team, that has especially a whole lot of free agents and a whole lot of cap situation to be dealing with. It's a, a pretty active time of year. And, of course, there's also things that, as they're developing timing-wise, there's going to be some reports and things out there that we can't always confirm until the team does. Yeah. So uh, there may be some things we don't address that people have heard, and they're like, wait a minute. But that's partially because of being part of the team. So for now, uh, we will start with the, the news that the team has has officially released is that they have released Donovan Smith, which from a personal standpoint, we are incredibly sad about. I came in with Donovan my first year here with the Bucks, did a bunch of shows with he and Allie. Now they're both gone. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> However, from a football standpoint, let's talk a little bit about this. Um, of course, just wanted to say thank you to him for everything he's done for this franchise. I know the fans loved him, but uh, tell us just a little bit about this this decision and what this is going to mean for the Bucks moving forward. Well, I echo all of that. I mean, it wasn't my first year with yeah. the Bucks, but um, I I've seen a lot of players and, and he was, uh, you know, he's a guy that really should go down as one of the better players in team history. And mm -hmm. Donovan, uh, you know, it's it's obviously people saw this coming. The Bucks are in a terrible cap situation that they got to take care of and there were going to be some hard decisions that had to be made. And I also think it's fair to say, I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that 2022 wasn't Donovan's best season. And I think he was quiet about it, but I think he was dealing with some, at least one injury that didn't help. But this guy locked down one of the top three or four positions, most important positions on the field, like quarterback, cornerback, edge rusher, left tackle. Those are the premium positions. He locked it down for eight years and along the way had some really good seasons, including the Super Bowl season, was part of some great offenses. And when it was all said and done, like I said, one of the most important positions in the game, and he started more times at that position than anybody but Ring of Honor member Paul Gruber. It's and, incredible. Yeah. and, and the, just a weird side note on this. The last three guys on the list were all undrafted free agents. Wow. Isn't that weird? But anyway, Donovan was a high second-round draft pick, and he, he more than paid off on that. Not only did he have some really great seasons, but he was an iron man. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were probably five out of his eight seasons where he didn't miss a single snap. So when it was all said and done, he played about 93% of the possible number of snaps over all those games. That's amazing. And what a hard position <clears throat> to be an iron man at. Yeah. I mean, you are putting your body through a lot every week, and you're having to be at tip-top shape that – it's a tough position to try to play at not 100% mm -hmm. and to still have some excellence when yeah. he was doing that, yeah. fighting through some injuries and, and things like that. So um, he will absolutely be missed. And, and how, how do you feel like the team tries to address now? Again, we all offseason last year, we're talking about all the changes at offensive line. And Donovan was one of the only consistent things in that. True. And now we're losing him. So uh, what do you think that this line, are you moving people around? Are you drafting people? Are you signing people? You know, what all do you think this, this could mean, his departure? Everybody has been talking for a couple of years now that the eventual succession plan to uh, Donovan at left tackle would be to move Tristan Wirfs, the all-pro right tackle, over to left. Tristan only played a couple games at left tackle in college. But, I mean, the guy is ridiculously athletic, right? Just insanely athletic. I personally think he can handle it. But at this point, when being asked this question, coaches and team officials aren't really addressing it head on. It's like, we'll see, because if they are thinking about doing that, which I gotta believe they're at least thinking about mm -hmm. doing that, 
they need to get them out there on the field in the offseason and see what it looks like. So I can understand why they're not going, yeah, we're doing that for sure, but I definitely think it's on the table. Right. And I know that uh, because we took a bit of a break in the show, and also the last time we had the show was when news had broken essentially about Dave Canales yeah. getting hired, but we were not able to officially talk about it yet. So we haven't really on this show discussed his hiring and then the other position coaches that have been announced since then. So tell me some of your initial thoughts about him and these other additions to the staff and what it yeah. could mean. Well, you can consider Dave Canales a bit of a um, branch off the the Shanahan McVay type of mm -hmm. tree. He, not directly, but Shane Waldron came from the Rams to coach to be the offensive coordinator for the last couple seasons for the Seahawks, and Dave was working underneath him. And Dave, at his press conference, talked about all the OCs that he worked for and how much each of them gave to him, but gave to him. But it was clear that there were some offensive concepts, or a lot of offensive concepts from that tree that are going to be part of his offense. So that's kind of exciting because that offense has really thrived in a lot of places. Um, also, at his press conference, when he asked his philosophy, he had three or four main points, but the very first one he pointed out and really hammered on was, we have to take care of the football. Yep. So all coaches, of course, know you have to avoid turnovers, but coming from Seattle and Pete Carroll, that's like a mantra in Seattle. So I think you'll see efforts made to make sure that the Bucks turn, don't turn the ball over. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Um, and we know there's probably still going to be more news about some coaches still being filled out in that coaching staff uh, in coming days. So make sure you stay tuned to Buccaneers.com for that. Uh, we also had the Combine recently. So <laughs> tell me uh, some of the things that stood out to you from every year. You know, Todd Bowles, Jason Light, they're always going to speak at the Combine. What were any of the things that you felt like stood out to you that they were making a point of talking about? But you, it's, it's nice because it's a long range conversation and they hit on a lot of things so I could cherry pick any number of different mm -hmm. things but one that really stood out to me was when he was asked about Antoine Winfield and Antoine has been in the league three years he's already been to one Pro Bowl he's been very Incredible. very productive yeah. uh, Todd Bowles says he's one of the three best defensive players on the team which I agree with mm -hmm. but the, the storyline with him was um, he was playing basically safety in 2021 made the Pro Bowl and last year in order to maximize his what he could do around the line of scrimmage. He played a hybrid role for most of the season where he played safety and base package, but he was the slot corner in the nickel package. And you play nickel a lot, like more than 50%. So he was a slot corner for a good part of the season, but he was playing several different roles. Todd said that this year he wants to put him in one role and let him focus on that, which probably I would think would be safety. But they still will definitely find a way to get him around the line of scrimmage because he can. he's such a good blitzer, as you see on this list here. <laughs> it's funny, Antoine's uh, nine sacks is already the most ever by a safety in team history. Wow. <laughs> and it's also a half sack better than his father had in his whole career. Which I'm sure that has been He discussed. didn't know when I told him. I'm, oh, he's, wow. he's kind of happy about that. I'm sure I bet he, he had was. A phone call later Every kid's night. dream, yeah. being able to be told that they did a little bit more than their dad at that same sport. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what his role is. And it's tough to decide of when he's so good in kind of both of these yeah. roles. And what a great problem to have, but mm -hmm. also trying to figure out yeah, how to maximize the way you use him in do you try to let him specialize in one specific thing yeah. do you try to let him go everywhere and I, it kind of is interesting because i feel like they did that a little bit with joe try on shank his his early times of let's try him here try yeah. him here try him here and then decided you know what let's let him specialize so i can see where maybe that yeah. is a philosophy he didn't say do. which one though and you can That's see the straight you, you can see why you'd want him around the line of scrimmage he's yeah. an excellent tacker tackler great in run support but also he's a guy with good field vision so if he's playing farther back you might get more turnovers out of him and we know that, as always, this time of year, the big news around the NFL is always the quarterback carousel as it begins. Uh, the Which is in full swing right full now. Full swing, just carousel going 100 miles an hour. So uh, new starting quarterbacks in the NFC South. This is going to be an interesting uh, division to watch from a quarterback perspective. I didn't find this note, uh, I think, 
I saw it on an Adam Schefter tweet and then looked up for more information. The last time any division in the NFL had every team going into a season had a new starting quarterback from their week one quarterback of the year before was 1973. Oh my 50 God. years ago at the AFC West. That's unbelievable. It lasts for, I mean, Jameis Winston is still with New Orleans and he was their starting quarterback in week one last year, but you don't start Derek Carr. I mean, you don't sign Derek Carr to, what, 40 million yeah. to sit him on the bench. So Jameis, if he remains, they've already talked about him possibly being cap casually, isn't starting unless something catastrophic happens to Derek Carr. So. Um, Marcus Mariota started. He's gone. Desmond Ritter is a presumed starter. The Bucks only have one quarterback right now, Kyle Trask. They'll definitely have a new starter. And Carolina will definitely have a new starter. And given that Matt Corral was a rookie who uh, I think a third rounder who didn't play, got hurt last year, and Jacob Eason, I don't even remember his background, they're, they're looking for a quarterback, clearly. Man, so it's going to be wide open. Yeah, wide open division. And just so interesting to see how that changes what all the teams in this division do in the draft and free agency and all of it that – when it is a division that has been so wide open and changing so much that every team has to feel like they have yeah. a chance. Which is why New Orleans went out and despite having done. cap problems with their own. Yeah, they were like, man. Spent a bunch on Derek Carr. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there was the, the lovely slogan that the Rams had for a bit about the, you know, we don't F need those picks. picks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like that was the Saints with the cap, that they were just like, <laughs> you know what, whatever. Who cares about the cap? We'll they figure do that, it out. They do that every year. Yeah, it's incredible. All right, well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider Live. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you next time.